It is physically impossible for somebody to hit the health domain without understanding emotional intelligence and how to regulate the system that produces adrenaline and cortisol. If you can't regulate that emotion of, I got to get out of here right now or panic, it doesn't matter how much time you spend in the gym because you're not going to repair. It doesn't matter how much good food you're going to eat because your body's going to get rid of it or it's going to hold it as fat as a fear. I mean, it's all regulated, all regulated through the composure domain. You have to understand where you're going, but you have to control the system. If you don't control your gut and your brain, it doesn't matter what you do with the other stuff because it's just added stimulus. It's actually detrimental. Cool part about these domains is they all lead into the next one. We start with vision because you have to have a, a vision for your life. You have to have goals and purpose and meaning before we can dive into any of these others. So as we transition from our vision domain, which we established was having a clear sense of purpose, goals, clarity around your priorities, and the ability to make sound decisions based on where you want to go, we're transitioning into composure. Which is your ability to stay calm and in control when facing stress or adversity which we have none of that in our lives, so. No stress, no adversity. <laughs> so how does the next domain correlate with vision? Well, when life comes at you and things get hard, it's important for us to maintain big picture perspective. I think of it as zooming out. It's almost like you're in the moment, you're in a frustrating moment and you have to zoom out of the situation. Look at it from an aerial view as if you're not in it, but you're watching this like it's a movie scene. And in that moment, if you know that there's a happy ending at the end of the movie scene, that one moment you know is gonna be fleeting. And that's exactly what life is. It's just a bunch of moments and if you know where your vision is gonna end up, it's like, well, this one small frustration that I'm dealing with today is no big deal. It's really not that deep. So it helps you maintain perspective. And then as we segue into composure, and we think about like keeping our cool in tough situations, it's the vision that's gonna help us do that. So the way I rationalize this, my vision for my life is my new set of filters. So I'm now making decisions based on a regulated set of filters. Just like when we first started dating and you had me list my core values, <laughs> uh, it was a little easier for me to then make decisions because I put those out in the world. I thought about them, I put a word to it, I labeled it, I wrote it down, I said it out loud. So it was easier for me to operate inside of that filter. Now, the world I was living in didn't change at all. So all the same stimulus and situations and people I had already had interactions with or relationships with, my children, my family, my dog, all these other things still existed, but I had a new set of filters for my interactions. So to understand why these fit together like this, because I have a new set of filters, I have to learn how to control my emotions that are gonna come up when utilizing those new filters. That's why composure tenants or portions of the domain are stress management, 
emotional awareness, calm and in control, and mindfulness. I have to know how to control my emotions based on the friction my new filters cause. All right, let's get into it. I'm Chris. And I'm Kylie. And this is Redefining Resilience. Where we explore what it means to build a resilient lifestyle. So you can thrive in any and every situation. There's a lot that goes into keeping your composure because it's not like we just deal with one emotion. There's a ton of emotions out there that we experience on an ongoing basis. And the first thing we want to do is be able to label them. You know, sometimes we encounter frustrating situations and we don't even know why we're frustrated. So as we dig into the composure domain, we need to leverage our emotional intelligence throughout cultivating resilience. And foundation for this is the emotional awareness. It is being able to understand why we're reacting to something, what's frustrating us about the situation, or labeling the emotion so that we can then learn how to manage them. So when you say EQ or emotional intelligence, is that equal to or the same thing as IQ? No, very different. Our IQ is essentially developed by the time we leave school. It is our foundational knowledge and our emotional intelligence can continue developing even in our older years. So we can always cultivate more emotional intelligence, but our IQ is pretty much leveled out by the time we're adults. So what is the EQ or emotional intelligence have to do with resilience? We base everything off of emotions. It's human nature to make decisions emotionally and then justify them with logic or rationally. And so it's important for us to understand how our emotions are impacting Our ability to think through situations, to take action, to stay motivated. I mean, composure is literally the the emotional aspect of how we develop resilience. And if we can leverage our emotions in a productive way versus counterproductive where we let our emotions take over and then we spiral and that's when you start to develop mental health issues like anxiety, depression. Those are emotions that have been repeated over and over and over and it's created this neuropathway that becomes our default response to different situations. I think we need to unpack that statement a little bit because you being the neurolinguistic genie and uh, <laughs> intelligent person you are talk a little bit more about neuropathways what is a neuropathway think of this as the highway that your communicators in your brain take to send messages throughout your body neurons in your brain communicate and tell your body how to respond to different situations. It's why when we're nervous, our hands get sweaty or we start to like feel our stomach in our throat. 
it's because there's a message coming from your brain telling your body how to respond to this situation. A lot of people don't realize it, but our emotions are a choice. We actually have control over these feelings. And the more we know and understand about our emotions, the more we can control them. A lot of mental health issues have been developed over a long period of time just repeating the same emotions over and over. And what that does is it creates the same it, – it, it's your brain taking the same highway with the same stimulus. So when you start to react to a situation with a certain response – Every time you get into that same situation, if you're not responding intentionally, if that's not the response you want to have, you're going to continue to have it because that's the pattern that your brain is going to develop. We have this crazy, awesome thing in our brains called neuroplasticity, which allows us to change our thinking patterns, but it doesn't happen easily. It happens intentionally. And if you think about this this neuropathway as a snow hill like everybody has gone sledding as a child i have to imagine i wasn't the only one that grew up trying to sled and race down hills as fast as i can avoiding trees or sometimes not i think we're ousting our jamaican audience right now but i think you're, <laughs> you're on on track sorry for the folks that don't know what snow is um but <laughs> Let's just say you start at the top of a snow hill with your sled, you go down the hill once, and then you come back up and you start your, you put your sled in the same starting position. What's going to happen when you go down that hill again? You follow the groove. Yeah, you start to develop these tracks in the snow, and your sled ends up taking the same path because the trail has already been laid. And as you continue to go down, let's imagine you've gone down the hill a hundred times. You're going to have a foot of snow on either side of you and these walls built up to where it's going to be pretty difficult to deviate from that trail that you've made. And this is the way our neuropathways work in our brain. We develop this trail and... If you're not using any other trails or taking any other pathways with your thoughts and your emotions, your brain is going to respond in the same way. It becomes subconscious. And so this behavior, this, this pattern starts to become your autopilot mode. So unless you take your brain off of autopilot and you intentionally say, you know what, I'm not going to respond like that again. I'm going to choose a different emotion when this situation comes up. Let's say you get an email from somebody or a text message from somebody and that person just frustrates the crap out of you. We all have somebody like that. <laughs> I think that happened on LinkedIn this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Annoying salespeople, right? Hitting you up on LinkedIn or whatever it may be, unless you're telling yourself a different story on how to react to that, you're going to have the same emotional response. And so we have to do things like regulate our emotions. It's stress management because there's things that we can do to manage the stress that we're feeling. There's things that we can do to bring awareness to these situations and change our 
emotional reactions. So what you're telling me is there's a large level of personal responsibility with this. Okay, everybody take a shot. <laughs> it is the drinking game. <laughs> but if we don't take intentional action or take responsibility for the way we respond, nothing's going to change. You're going to stay in the groove. And realistically, ask yourself, do you want to feel like this? If the answer is no, then we have to do something different. And it's your job to do that. Yeah, and I'm sorry to say this. You go to the doctor for anxiety meds or you go to the doctor for depression medicine. And I'm not anti-meds. Don't get me wrong here. I think medicine has a an appropriate time and place. And a lot of times it's a great tool. It's a temporary tool because taking the, the anti-anxiety medicine or the antidepressants are only going to mask the symptoms. They're not going to change the neuropathways that you've developed in response to the stimulus that you're experiencing. So the meds will temporarily make the, the bad feelings go away, but they're not going to fix the reaction inside your brain. So that's where Chris is absolutely right. We have to take responsibility for understanding these emotions and choosing a different path. Choosing to put your sled in a different spot and going down a different trail on that snow hill. I love that analogy. Well, it's simple. And it's true. We have more autonomy in our emotional regulation than what we've been taught. And in all fairness, neuroscience is pretty new. We don't know a whole lot about the brain. And as information becomes more and more available, why would we not use this? Why would we not want to optimize our thinking and our emotions and reach more of our potential? So because neuroscience is so new, we are going to run into a lot of individuals that have not been presented with this information. So the emotional intelligence understanding is just very low. They don't understand how emotions play a role or how to control emotions. So you will, with this new knowledge, run into people that think it's a better idea to hide it or ignore it or are overwhelmed by it because they don't know how to control it because it is new. And I think throughout this composure domain, we're going to touch on a lot of different aspects of emotional intelligence. And, you know, one other part of this is remaining calm and in control during stressful situations and then mindfulness. So to make a case for, for mindfulness, it trains our brain to stay calm and think clearly. And unless you're intentionally staying calm, thinking clearly, and by the way, being present, you won't be able to tap into this part of your brain that's in charge of regulating your emotions. So it all goes hand in hand, and we're going to dive deeper into each one of these tenants and by the way, if you're a visual person, we have a graphic that dives into all of the six domains as well as the tenants within each domain linked in the show notes. So you can refer back to that anytime if you want to just remind yourself of where we're at in the resilience model. 
All right, Kylie. Why are you excited about the composure domain? This might be one of my favorite domains because it's all about understanding and regulating your emotions. And in my mind, that's the cheat code for accomplishing anything you want to accomplish. If we can understand how to use our emotions productively, we can literally do anything. I mean, you're not going to be able to fly as a human being. So there's limitations to that statement. Let me say that. (laughs) Like me being five foot six, I'm probably not going to the Olympics in like volleyball or something. But If I wanted to, I could probably train myself to compete at a level that's elite. But I have to have all of these things in line and get my emotions in check to help me focus my energy, focus my actions to that one goal. And leverage the emotional tools that I've got in my toolbox to help me stay consistent, stick to the process, and achieve the results that I'm looking for. I mean, it's no different, no matter what your goal is, you've got to have your emotions aligned with your goal. There's different aspects to the composure domain that we're going to get into, but really it all comes back to emotions. It's understanding our emotions, putting our, our brain in a place to where we can control the emotions, and tapping into different parts of our brain that are are conducive to critical thinking or strategic planning or thoughtful problem solving. And we're going to give you the tools to understand how to do that. Why are you excited for the composure domain, Chris? It's the beginning of understanding your entire system. And it's the key to accessing your entire system. Your emotions are the curator of your strength, your power, your tenacity, your... um, Habits. All of it. (laughs) It is literally the key to all of it. So part of the reason I think motivation is bullshit is without your emotions in check, all it takes is one text message and you have no motivation anymore. The end of a YouTube video. And you're done. If you understand your emotions and you're not on this roller coaster of a ride through your David Goggins videos, there's no super high and no super low. You're in the middle, not mundane or boring. You're just regulated and you can dump your effort and your time and your power into the things that are important and develop and change. But if you're on that roller coaster, the amount of time you spend at the top equals the amount of time you spend at the bottom and you spend too much time going back and forth. So I think the coolest part about this whole domain is it's opening the door to the health domain. And I am going to nerd out hard in the health domain. Uh, It's just really cool because this is the backdrop to your physical success. This is it, man. You want to change your body composition and feel better about yourself and work harder and achieve things physically? This is number one, man. You got to do it. Well, I think it's kind of like a chicken or the egg situation. The physical health, if you start working on that, it's going to have an impact on your emotional regulation as well. 
you're going to be able to regulate better. So it all goes hand in hand. It's all equally important. It is. But if you look at the way it works, if I try to attack the health domain before the composure domain, I'm going to put some serious lead in my shoes. It's going to be way harder because I'm going to spend a lot of time spinning my wheels in this emotional turmoil of why am I going to the gym? I can't handle this. Or I'm super pumped about going to the gym and I beat the shit out of myself one day and then I take two weeks off the gym because I'm beat to shit because I can't regulate anything. If you can understand your system and why it operates and the emotions and how to control those and, and be the observer of your emotions, not the feeler, you can make educated decisions on how to train your body to peak performance the best way. Because training is all about minimum stimulus for maximum results. If you're driven emotionally through that, unregulated emotionally through that, it's going to be as much stimulus as possible. And you're just not going to see the, the, the results don't correlate. It's not more emotion, more effort, more results. It's how can I do the least to get the most. I feel like that was my strategy throughout college. What's the most beneficial? It's the most beneficial. There's no wasted energy. And if you look at life or training, which I view everything through the lens of training, if I can hit four good days in the gym at 80%, I'm going to get farther than the guy that hits one day at 100%. I will have a longer, more regulated, more consistent stimulus for an extended amount of time He will have higher stimulus in a shorter amount of time. Or the person that does seven days a week at 40%. Because that used to be me also. Well, that's why you go into a lot of gyms and there's the gym rats that are there all the time. Yeah. And they look like shit. Yeah. I know tons of people that are doing everything on God's green earth to be huge. And they're not. (laughs) Because the amount of stimulus or additives does not correlate more results. My coach out of Rhode Island, awesome guy. We were talking about powerlifters back in the day when things were not, were not regulated in any form or fashion. And he said, we did everything we could to put more weight on the bar. And when he stepped back and watched people do that, this is like world level guys, like 1100 pound squat guys, like massive dudes. When he did a little study on what they took, how they trained, and how they ate, when they did an excess amount of those things, they were not putting an excess amount of weight on the bar. In fact, they were just getting injured. It is physically impossible for somebody to hit the health tenant, health domain, without understanding emotional intelligence and how to regulate the system that produces adrenaline and cortisol. Adrenaline and cortisol, adrenaline, turns into cortisol when your adrenal glands are maxed out. Your cortisol levels literally dissolve muscle and tear your body to pieces. You are in fight or flight mode to the point that your body is sacrificing itself to get the fuck out of there. So if you can't regulate that, if you can't regulate that emotion of, I got to get out of here right now or panic, it doesn't matter how much time you spend in the gym because you're not going to repair. It doesn't matter how much good food you're going to eat because your body's going to get rid of it or it's going to hold it as fat as a fear. 
I mean, it's all regulated, all regulated through the composure domain. You have to understand where you're going, but you have to control the system. If you don't control your gut and your brain, you're fucked. It doesn't matter what you do with the other stuff because it's just added stimulus. It's actually detrimental. Most of my clients I won't mess with if they're not mentally ready to get there. Mm -hmm. I tell them all the time, if you don't look in the mirror and hate where you are, I can't help you. Because I need you to want it. If you don't want it, toast. Yeah. Because I can't want it for you. Thanks for listening to Redefining Resilience. To learn more about building your mental and physical readiness, check out odysseyresilience.org. And follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. I sit down, hand her her pizza, and she goes, oh, it looks like Ninja Turtle pizza. And I'm like, this is it, man. I found my person. <laughs> Ninja Turtle pizza.